what is up? Welcome to the Gimmick Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Bucky San Medina, and today the boys are all back in town. I'm joined by, from Chicago, Illinois, comedian Pratik Srivastava. What up? Yes, I'm being billed from Chicago, like uh, like the Road Warriors. That's something I just learned about last year, that the Road Warriors used to be billed from Chicago. Like, it would Are be they like, from Chicago? They're always they were Chicago. not from Chicago at all. I well, think although was, they're not, they're from Minnesota. Minnesota. They are always from famous, Chicago. Uh, there's that famous tiki bar where like... Wow. The World Warriors, Scott Norton, I think Kurt Henning, they all like, yeah, like, uh, Nikita bounce. Koloff, yes, and uh, oh god, maybe even um, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, Rick Rude, maybe all of them came kind of came from there, like just beating up oh. dudes or whatever. If you, uh, I was say, if you uh, communicate to me in Central Time, I'll be you from Chicago. I will. I'm. I'm. I'm all right. <laughs> it's fine with me. <laughs> Hell yeah! And rounding out the uh, the 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 triple threat, we have from Orlando, Florida, from sunny Orlando, from the band Leveled, Xavier Vacuna. John, John, John. I'm from Coral Springs, though, not Orlando. Oh, whatever. 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 But I'm okay, in Chris Orlando. Jericho. I'm from Manhattan, New York. I'm from yeah. I'm, I'm from here. Winnipeg. Damn it! <laughs> but I was born in I was born in New York. <laughs> I, I represent oh, yeah. all of Florida. Hello, world. It's good to be here, gentlemen. It's good to What's see up, you, both. fellas. Happy New Year! Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year! Yeah, it's been a while. Everyone, yes, it's been a while. It's good. I'm to be excited. Back. Uh, I'm excited for us to get together and talk about some of the best matches of uh, of last year. Some of our favorite matches of last year, I should say. Yes. Yeah, not necessarily the best. A bonus so, episode, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. It's been a fun year, though, in wrestling. It really has. I mean, like, uh, you know, Triple H started the year off in charge of WWE. Vince McMahon came back, and now he's gone again. You know, we had that threat to come back in, and now he's gone. We have a lot of we have a lot of change, you know, this year. I think Tony Khan kind of uh, got the hang of running two promotions now. Uh, the first year, Ring of Honor and uh, AEW are kind of rough, but I think he got the hang of it a little bit. Hell yeah, fellas. All right. Well, let's get started. Uh, the first, the, so the first thing that I want to talk about, I just want to bring this up because I, I heard that ESPN uh, named their best two matches. Well, they named their, a list, I guess. But the number one match uh, that ESPN named was Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay at Wrestle Kingdom. And the second match of the year per ESPN was Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega at Forbidden Door. And I mean, those two guys, man, they've been tearing the house down for, for a long time. And I just feel like just kind of want to give them their flowers off the bat because I think they're doing some of the best work in the world. And then Kenny is out indefinitely with, what is it? Diverticulitis. 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 Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. What do you guys think about those matches? Incredible. You know, I'm a, I'm a Kenny guy through and through and an Osprey guy through and through. Uh, storytelling's there. I think the most compelling factor is how, you know, essentially Kenny Omega was the star in New Japan. And then it was almost like a passing of the torch to Will. And now we very, very well might be seeing it, you know, in AEW willing, you know, Kenny coming back. But it's, uh, it's great. It's great work. Incredible matches. And and the fact that, you know, ESPN is giving them, you know, this kind of platform, it's a, it's a big deal. So it's it's really cool to see. Yeah, I didn't uh, know that ESPN was doing. I know, like they had like their ESPY awards, and they've put like 
WWE pro wrestling moments on their SP awards, but this is like the first time they're like compiling, you know, list of matches and really taking the athleticism and putting that to the focus of pro wrestling. So good for ESPN, good for pro wrestling. I mean, 2023, I think was a great year for wrestling fans. I think it brought a lot of people back to different products or exposed them to different, you know, companies. You know, I feel like I, I actually had a lot of friends who were like, you know, they were more on the casual side. They knew, maybe they had heard of AEW or maybe they'd seen a commercial for AEW during like NBA playoffs but this was a year where like some of those people were like oh what's GCW oh like you know or like oh what's this like you know like people are getting more exposed to you know the different promotions the different federations the different types of wrestlers and I think yeah I think it's great that um uh Omega and Osprey I think they they kind of were workhorses this year I, f- I feel like with AEW we we mentioned, you know, the bigger names of AEW, you know, Moxley, Jericho, whatever. But I think I think Kenny deserves, you know, notwithstanding controversy or whatever. Like, I think he deserves his flowers for putting on some really good matches for the company yeah. in the past year. And, and working with a variety of people. Yes, he worked with Osprey. He also worked with uh, Takeshita. He had that steel cage match with Moxley uh, this past year. He also got in right before, I think, the diverticulitis uh uh diagnosis or maybe that's why he worked uh with mjf but that mjf match that they had on tv was was really good too i want i'm wondering if maybe there was something like hey let me ride this out let me just get one one match with mjf if if this is you know i don't want to speak negative to kenny omega like hopefully he does get to come back but if this were a, a swan song like what a way to go out i think he had a great year yeah, just uh, that that match. The reason why it was so sudden, it really was very sudden with no builds. With no uh, build, but, yeah. And yeah. the the thing was, is MJF was approaching Kenny's record of the longest reigning AEW World Champion, and so it was Kenny basically saying, "Give me one chance to defend my uh, my my record." Yeah, that was probably the the storyline reason. But I'm wondering if he knew he had limited time and he won't. Yeah, I mean, maybe because he said he was in a lot of pain for a long time, you know, and it really was, it really did come down to the point of him not being able to continue, not him saying, I'm not going to continue, him not being able to continue, we know. Yeah. Yeah, and that that match with Ethan Page on Collision, and I'm pretty sure he was, like, hurt, hurting. Yeah, was that one of his most recent ones? I think, yeah, it might have been his last match. Wow, you're right. And he cut that. that oh, the MJF was not the last match. Oh, forgive me. I didn't know. I, I mean, I could be wrong. You know, somebody. No, MJF was really recent, but I think I don't think it was his last one. Okay. Yeah, it might have been Ethan Page, and then I think he. Oh, cut and then also one. full, full, not full circle. Jesus Christ, full gear. I think the match with Jericho, where they beat the Young Bucks, that might have been also one of those. Uh, I think that That's yeah, either one of those two or his last match because that, that was really recent too. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> So, you know, he's I, out there. I, and, and also given when when Punk left and you had this big hole in collision, I think a lot of people stepped up. And I think Kenny and I remember Kenny Omega was doing like match after match every week on collision, kind of fill, filling that time for them, you know, on a Saturday. So, so, you know, I think yeah, it's great somebody who previously wasn't really like able to go on collision because he was a Young Bucks guy. Right. Hell oh, yeah. Boy. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I, you know, we wish Kenny Omega the best. Um, it's really scary, you know. I'll, some wrestlers have come back for this: Brock Lesnar, and then there's another one. I can't even think of who it is. Um, but I know two wrestlers have come back from this. I can't think of who the second one was, but uh, it's it's not easy to come back. From this. No, no, not at all. So uh, hopefully, you know, we wish Kenny the best. Kenny's Kenny Omega is one of the best in the world, and for him to like have that taken away, 
That's that's a travesty. Yeah, he'll bounce All back. Right. All right. On a happier note, get you guys. You guys want to talk about some of our favorite matches of the year? Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. And I think a lot of uh, you know podcasts and all they'll they'll do like favorite moments. I think there is something to talk about favorite matches over moments. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's- absolutely. Uh, so for me, so I'm gonna start off the bat. Pratik, you talked about this is the year that people kind of expanded their wrestling horizons, and I for sure did. Uh, in March of this year, I, I signed up for Fight TV, which I talk about a lot uh, because I wanted to watch GCW, and I've been on the ride. I've been watching. I've watched every GCW show this year, and I've been watching it. I watched from 2018, uh, and I just finished 2021, so I'm starting 2022 now. And that was all this year that I watched, and so I'm really into it. Um, so my first match was from from a show this year called For the Culture, GCW For the Culture, and it was Trish Adora versus Calvin Tankman. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with either of these two, uh, but they're both incredible. Calvin Tankman is this huge powerhouse. They call him Heavyweight Hustle, and just at a you would at a glance for these two, you go, oh, he would just squash her, and that's it. But these two, these two put on a hell of a match. Like it. I was, it was one of the first matches that really just kind of like made me just, just get lost in the match. It was really fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say my first match is Calvin Tickman, Trisha Dora, GCW for the culture. Just going off of the names where that was it intergender. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, I've not seen that match, uh, but I, I am curious if we want to, you know, uh, take a moment and just talk about like, gender matches like you know I, I i know some fans are purists and do not like them i know jr famously said he doesn't like them yeah i know jr real is really against them uh a cornet probably i'm guessing he also doesn't like oh yeah him. absolutely you're you're purist but i'm, I'm curious what like you know a, 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 an indie fan of today thinks i think i'm more like you know if, if if they can put on a good match and it doesn't look like brutal for the just sake of brutality like i i do want a little bit you know, it, it's hard just to watch like a man just beating down a woman. You know what I mean? Like, like there needs to be some not suspense of disbelief, but uh, you know, there, there there should be some sense of athleticism uh, yeah. for me to make it a little more palpable. One thing I really enjoy about the indies is that there's really no gender roles. It's just wrestling. So you think they do a good job kind of separating? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, four out of five matches on my list are intergender matches. That's cool. I did watch it. I've I've only seen like a few intergender matches, but the last one I watched was, it's definitely not from this year, uh, but it's the, when Asuka years ago, pre-WWE faced Suzuki. uh, Oh, man. Yeah, that's not a, that's not a good example. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched that and I'm yeah. like, uh, ooh. And I mean, you know the story, right? That she asked Suzuki to like go hard. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like no. she insisted, like, he, and he apparently refused and took like a lot of coaxing. Uh, I mean, his, uh, in that culture, like strong style, though, that's an honor, you know. Yeah. And then now, like Suzuki, well, not now, but the journey that I'm on, the GCW journey I'm on. Uh, 2021, Suzuki was in a lot of GCW matches against a lot of people, and and it was really cool. And then even, I think it was 2022, uh, AEW brought Suzuki in for a couple of matches, and they made a zero hour for a zero hour. Like, they did a pre-show for a pre-show. No, 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 they did a pre-show for 
Dynamite. They did a YouTube show for the pre, for the for Dynamite or something. For Dynamite, they did, they did a zero hour for Dynamite. Yeah, wasn't it wasn't like Danielson and Danielson could fight on, on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a special show just because Danielson wanted to fight. If I'm correct, if I'm remembering correctly, he came. I feel like he was in the U.S. or something. What was he like? Just like maybe maybe post COVID, maybe COVID, he was in Japan. And he wanted to travel to the U.S. He had to wait till 2021 because yeah. of COVID restrictions. But I feel like he came. I think like Moxley was his first AEW opponent. Uh, and then Kingston had him too in AEW. Kingston, of course. Uh, yeah, you gotta have Kingston. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, you gotta have Kingston on there. Um, yeah. But I remember they did a special show. I was like, dang, they made a special YouTube show just because Brian Danielson's like, please let me fight him. <laughs> I think he wanted, and you know, I want to touch on this real quick because a lot of fans are like, well, why was this put on dark or why was this on YouTube or why was this on a pre-show? I feel like if the if the participants involved, like if Danison's like, hey, I just want more time, put me on YouTube or pre-show or whatever, I think they should have the say. And if they're happy with it, I'm happy. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I'm sure Danielson would have been happy to have it a dark, you know, yeah, a dark or match. whatever. Yeah. Like, and Tony's like, let's just put this on YouTube, get some views. Yeah, get some views. Give more time. You you you'll have you can let it breathe. Yeah, exactly. And YouTube, there's no restrictions. Yeah, more time, more freedom, and they they get to do what they do. You know, it's smart and it was cool. So, good call. And I love that. Uh, I didn't really do it a lot, but AEW could just they could just put just let's just put a match on YouTube real quick. Yeah, they did it a couple times. I think during the big like. Special event dynamites. I think AEW did more like pay per views and more special event dynamites this year than any other year in their in their run so far. I think they're gonna do more and more as time goes yeah. on. That makes sense. The more like like WWE, you know, when they were doing only four pay per views a year at one point, you know, then they did the in your houses and it just it's kind of an evolution, right? The big four. I mean, that's how it started. Yeah, the big the big four because they were kind of started with AEW a lot of big what I don't know how many three or four now and now they're doing almost the monthly pay per views. I think they did like almost twelve this year if you count. Yeah, Forbidden Door that should count. So yeah, that's about about eight or nine or I think it's about ten counting World's End. I didn't count World's End. So yeah, about ten. That's pretty good for a four year company. Yeah. Again, four years. I think we a lot of fans are just like, "Hey, like, what are they doing?" Blah blah blah. And I think they're getting caught up in a lot of the locker room stuff. Which I mean, there's something to be said for controlling your your employees, Tony. But you know, uh, they're they're making great strides for four and a half years. In. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, what did you guys have for your first matches? Xavier, kick us off. I will start. I will begin. I'm going to go with uh, the best two out of three falls match, FTR versus Bullet Club Gold, AW Collision, July 18th. Nice. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, this was an hour-long banger. I'm a big Bullet Club guy. I'm also a big FTR guy, so it was just that amalgamation of uh, just great wrestling, great storytelling. Uh, great characters. It was, yeah, nearly an hour of just incredible work. And at this point in time, you know, it was like the collision cowboys, you know, bullet club constantly, you know, and juice with the bangers every, you know, weekend, week out. So I think we always talk about the moments. We always talk about the feeling just being brought back to that time and how special collision was. It was just a killer match and it was great. I'll rewatch it again. 
Hell yeah. That's a good one. I I like, so a lot of times, you know, well, I will say the Bullet Club Gold guys, they're definitely these chicken shit heel guys. Mm-hmm. And they're, 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 they're assholes and they're going to run away from a fight almost every time. But when they go, they fucking go. Like Jay White is one of the best in the world. Incredible. And, and Juice Robinson, you know, he's he's annoying, but he's there too. He's there. <laughs> he's very annoying, but he's there. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very hard to do a, an hour-long match and just, you know, the pacing and the, like finding those moments, you know, you don't, and also beyond just the crew, like from the psychology of the match, but also the, the stability of the performers, you know, you're going an hour. That's, it's essentially a four person Ironman match. If you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. It really is. A few breaks here and there, but. A couple rest breaks, of course, um, you know, but again, they're going, uh, I'm trying to remember now. Did they? They pretty much stayed with the. They might have done a couple picture in pictures, but they really stayed with it, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. And then yeah. with these four guys, I mean, there's probably not a lot of breaks because they're probably all four going at the same time. Yeah, that, yeah. that one is going. Again, FTR put on some great matches uh, this year. I, I was going to include this in my list, but I didn't, so I'll mention it here quick. But the also the other one I really loved was the when when Adam Cole and MJF were going for the tag tiles against FTR. Oh yeah, um, that was on Collision as well. That's a fantastic match as well. There you go. That's an that's a good honorable mention. That is a good one. And one of those were, I don't know how often those guys are in the ring together, like on opposing forces. So it's it was good from a hey, you're not going to see these four kind of, you know, because FTR had like teamed up with uh, uh, MJF at one point. You know, they were part of Pinnacle. Uh, I think Adam Cole might have faced one of the FTR guys initially when he came in. But you're not really seeing this on a day-to-day basis. So, I mean, they're not running this type of matchup a lot. So it felt very special when I saw it. Again, Collision, those first two, three months, they were just like hardcore, like every week, like was a main event card. Yeah, like really yeah, they were. Game. They were trying really hard to, you know, to build up that CM Punk momentum. They were trying to build like build a big that momentum. A big I think Punk had a hand in some of yeah. the uh, match choices, if you will. Maybe, maybe, yeah. They had it, man. They did, they yeah. It was, it was picking up steam. Obviously, numbers were like declining here and there, but it's it was it was something. It was something to watch, you know. It's still good, you know. It's still it's good. still good. Yeah, Collision's not. But this a bad week, show. Collision was a uh, a best of twenty twenty three show, and it was like uh, on Sunday, which was weird because they had their pay per view on Saturday. Oh yeah, I thought this was available. I heard that was only for international people. Did That's actually... possible too. That's possible too. Yeah, I didn't watch it. So. Maybe there wasn't even there was, you know, there wasn't even collision this week at all. I guess. I, mean, I like when they put it on Friday when they World's have Zen and Ram- Raw. I'm like, I'm out of time. Like, I, I like when they have Rampage and Collision back to back sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. Three hours and then SmackDown and sometimes an Impact pay per view all on Friday night. This was definitely the year I've been DVRing more because, especially with AEW, their TV. If you watch it on demand, they don't include the picture-in-picture commercial breaks. Oh, that's cool. So oh, I've interesting. Been, they don't do that, so I've just been, you know, yeah. I, I might. You have your DVR set like ten minutes past the hour, though. I I'll do I'll do ten just because you never know with the overruns they go late. Yeah, but I'll fast forward. You know, I, so I I can't always keep everything on past like a few days. So I'll I'll kind of like so I've kind of been like watching like I'll I'll kind of go through it get to the matches I want fast forward through the rest kind of stay for the picture and picture and then just, you know, delete after two, three days. But yeah, you know, I definitely, and I definitely found myself deleting or, or keeping more collisions <laughs> than, than dynamites. But um, yeah, 
it's a hard one to catch. Saturdays are tough. Saturdays oh, are tough. The other thing too, of course, as, as we yeah. performers, like <laughs> yeah, that's a hard day to have a wrestling show. You're right. The gig Every day. Week. Brutal, but it's a good show nonetheless. Yeah, nonetheless, yeah. I would. I think I would catch them like Saturday, Sunday morning, or maybe. Like I catch the main event at night because I was afraid I'd get spoiled for the main event. So there, I think the FTR uh, Adam Cole MGF match. I think I watched it like three AM right before I went to bed because I'm like it's gonna get spoiled. I just want to watch it, you know. The same way. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the tough part about internet. I just had to not go on Facebook during <laughs> or even for World's End. I didn't. I didn't go on Facebook for two days because I'm like, nope. Twitter is the worst. Twitter is wrestling Twitter, yeah. It's yeah. the worst. I just won't go on. I just won't go on socials. All right. Uh Pratik, what's your number one? Uh I'm gonna go my first pick. I'm gonna go with um I'll keep it in the AEW realm uh for right now. Uh I'm gonna go with uh Punk Samoa Joe uh, on Collision. I'm gonna go with the Collision match over the All In match. The All In match was special. It, it was great to see him at Wembley, but the build for that for that Collision match, making it part of the Owen Hart tournament, uh, you know, a guy that both of them respected. The way they built that whole episode up, if you remember, the episode starts with a Punk promo. Owen, Owen, like there's references to Owen. Then they go into this. Really amazing. I encourage, I think I still have that. That's one of the few episodes I still have on my DVR save is that one. Because like the way they really show the history of these two guys, two guys who we didn't think we were going to see wrestle again. Uh, yeah. th- and and, and yeah. that match was technically the the third, you know, like the, and the one guy that we thought we'd never see wrestle again, period. Period. Yeah. So yeah. just the build towards that, then the execution of the actual match, you know, I, I literally, I don't think I took a breath. I don't think I sat down. Just because, like, I was literally like, you, you have those moments where you're just you're on your feet the whole fucking time. You can't, you know, do it. So that that's that's my first pick is is Samoa Joe, CM Punk, Owen Hart, uh, semifinal, not the final. They made you, they gave you that in the semifinal uh, on Collision. Well, neither one of them won, so that's that's probably why. But yeah. I would also I would take that match over the All In match as well. And there's nothing wrong with the All In match. I'm happy no. that they got to uh, basically open up Wembley, and we got to see them both, and uh, they both deserve their flowers for that. So, yeah. I just feel like it just wasn't as – I feel like this one was better, yeah. And it was surreal, like – because, you know, Wembley, you're seeing them in the ring again, again, right? But, yeah. like, the collision match is, like, you feel like – this is a once in a lifetime, like 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 seeing John Cena versus The Rock for the second time at WrestleMania. Sure, it's cool, but it's not as good as that first time, you know. That's a good example. Yes, very good analogy. Anything you want to chime in on that match, Xavier? I was gonna keep it quiet because I have uh, that all-in match on my list. So. Oh. He- Ah, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So so let's go to round two then. Uh the, the next the next match. Well, you haven't given list... your oh yeah, you did give your pick. Sorry, Sam. I sorry. No, you're good. The next match on my list is New Japan Pro Wrestling. It was actually it was is a one-night tournament. My match is the final, of course. Uh, but it was a one-night tournament to crown the first ever uh New Japan strong 
women's champion. And this match, so Willow, I love Willow. Willow, I've been watching her on the indies. Her stuff is amazing. And she went up against Mercedes Monet, who, of course, is one of the best in the world, as we all know, uh, as far as wrestlers go. And uh, these two had a great match. Uh, but I think what stole my heart the most was the end of the match. Uh, Mercedes Monet, uh, I believe she broke her ankle. I still don't really know what, what happened exactly. Uh, so they had to call the match on the fly. And, oh, uh, right. They had to call the ending on the fly. It had to change. And Willow, Willow won. Willow won the title. She wasn't supposed to win it. You know, I don't think she was supposed to win it, but she's now able to have that title in her personal wrestling history. And I love that. I love the match and the ending. You know, nobody was too badly injured and they did it well. Yeah, that was a, that was a great match. It was such yeah. a good match. You yeah. know, it be before well before the injury, it was a great match. Yeah. Just and general. Willow is Willow is such like a, a powerhouse, and Mercedes is little, so Willow could just toss her around. Yeah, it was, yeah, a, it was a good um good display of like you know their their body their their chemistry was was amazing. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of I know a lot of people are like, well, Mercedes is going back to WWE, but I think she, Mercedes deserves credit for taking a chance going to New Japan. Clearly, when Mercedes had options yeah. at every company. She's like, no, I'm going to take this time. Now, granted, she is a huge fan of anime, big fan of uh, Japan, uh, New Japan, big fan of wrestling, anything in that culture. You know, you've seen some of her outfits in WWE years, you know, so I, I think it was meant to happen. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy for her. And I hope whether she comes back to WWE or at least maybe they'll be part of her deal. You know, Hunter seems to be a. Uh, accommodating with some of her his uh you know pet yeah. projects and some of his people maybe it'll be something where you'll actually can see somebody on wwe and new japan maybe that'll be part of the oh that'd be cool if she could do both look at that you think though was... here's the thing so she's rumored to come back does she come back as sasha or does she come back as mercedes damn because she's like i built a whole new thing already i don't want to go back to my old name i built a whole new fucking name I could see her coming back maybe my thinking is and not to start playing fantasy poker I could see her coming in maybe at Rumble just for a Rumble appearance maybe okay, um, okay. Uh, I could also see them maybe saying like hey just come in and you know Cargill hasn't had a match yet in WWE I could see some like sort of like hey you walked out like maybe some agreement Hunter has with her like you come in you put over Cargill and then you go back and you get your new Japan dates but you come in for this like program from Rumble to Mania and that would be a big program for Carlo as well, you know, because we've already seen um, Bianca and Sasha. I mean, there was a rematch scheduled. That I think people would like to see. I personally like to see that in person since I didn't get to go to their original main event. But I think a good kickoff feud for Cargill could be uh, Sasha or Mercedes, whatever she wants to go by. But I could see that being like the, hey, you come do this for us, then we'll let you go to New Japan. So she puts someone over before she gets to go to New Japan. You know? Yeah. That'd be cool. I, I, I just had that idea because the word on the street is, I mean, you know, it's just internet rumors and there's no real sources, but word on the street is that Trinity is leaving Impact um, sometime soon. They don't know when. It could be, you know, now. It could be in April. It could be who knows when, but uh, she's leaving Impact soon. So I was like, oh, what if she comes back to WWE as Trinity? That'd be super cool. Yeah. I thought I literally thought the same thing when I 
I read the article. I was like, oh, I wonder if she comes back. She was like September. barely. She just got there like I feel like in September or something. No, she started there in April. They said that's why I oh, thought okay. she it's might stay till April. Maybe yeah. she signed a one year deal. I don't know. Right, right. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the article that I read said that she started in April. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I would love to see her show up in the Rumble too. That'd be great. Yeah, she's great. She's killer, man. Yeah, she's real good. Yeah. Okay, let's keep this fun train moving along. Yeah, uh, who is next, Xavier? What you got for number two? Punk show all in. Oh, <laughs> I mean, should I just talk about that one? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can if you want. Yeah, I might as well. Um, you let the cat oh, out of the bag, if you will. Yeah, you know, I, I, I drop a little spoiler. Um, it's funny that you made that analogy because it almost clicked for me. Like you're right with the the Cena versus Rock thing. You had them at Collision in a regular setting. You know, they have their match, a killer match, dream match, attraction match, kind of. You put them on a super fucking polished, all-in stage, um, you know, a la a WrestleMania stage. But it yeah. still spoke to me, right? It still, oh, yeah. uh, it still has this element of it's Punk's last match in AEW. But we didn't um, know that at the time. We didn't, but when I watch it back now. Double boy did. <laughs> you know, and and throw that into the mix he just was having this fight and this chaos and this calamity and then he has this banger of a match and, and the spots and the fingers and the blading and uh i don't know and it just what a way to kick off that pay-per-view and it was daytime oh, yeah it wasn't punk like a bloody mess or something he was and and then i remember you know, that, that now yeah that kind of got leaked or whatever but i feel like uh i feel like this match to me just personally lost a lot of momentum when they did that weird, awkward thing where CM Punk had the mask and then he tried to attack Joe and it was awkward and they both kind of like looked stupid. You remember I that? that spot. Yeah, they just no, it wasn't it wasn't in the match. It was like the collision before. Oh, it was like okay. when Joe's like, I've been calling out CM Punk, but he's a bitch. And then CM Punk like jumped in from behind and they both looked it was just looked really awkward. Yeah, it was a little. It was a little clunky. You felt the build was a little awkward. Yeah, I felt the build was very awkward. That's why I think killed the winner. That. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, that was most remember, of the build too. Was Joe calling out Punk, and Punk having better things to do. It was so weird because it was like he was fighting Joe one week and then fighting Ricky Starks next week. Yeah, right. There was a legit feud with Ricky Starks brewing. So it's like, wait, you're gonna stop this feud because, well, the original plan I guess was to do the strap match with Ricky Starks at all. All but out. But then Ricky Starks got suspended because he attacked Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, but he's coming back so he can face him. So it's like, <laughs> how do you fight? How do you have, like blood feuds with two different guys going at the same time? That's a little. I mean, if Punk could do it, Punk could do it. But then I feel like almost like gonna just do a triple threat for the title and just end it all. That would be yeah. pretty. Good. Or have Joe and Ricky Starks be like, "Hey, we don't like each other, but you know who the enemy of my enemy is? My friend." You know, and have Joe work kind of the way Joe worked with MJF. Uh, uh, you could have done something like that with well, Ricky. The first part. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But- it was so I've gone back and watched the uh, this this all in opener a few times now, and it's definitely like you could t- <laughs> the match itself I thought was fine. I like the the blood spots and everything. It was in the daytime, which that felt a little. It was it added it it didn't make it weird, but definitely added an element to it. I I can't quite describe. It made it different, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there was something in the oh I'm just saying this not because I knew there was anything I didn't know anything was wrong when I watched it the first time, but there was something in Punk's en- entrance and something in his eyes where I could tell something wasn't 
right. There was some, so he was, he seemed preoccupied. Mm. Like and in hindsight, story, right? Like, like looking back on it, you're like, his eyes, you watch his eyes during the entrance. Wow. Yeah. And he waves. I can see that. Cause he's only seconds removed from the confrontation. Yeah. So clearly there was something off and yeah, he waves goodbye at the end. Like, like he knows he's like, well, this isn't gonna. Oh end. shit! Maybe he this isn't gonna. End well. Maybe he, because you know what, the whole Tony Khan, because he got fired because the whole Tony Khan thing. So maybe as soon as he walked away, he's like, "Fuck! I lunged at Tony. I'm I'm out of here." You know, maybe. Yeah, and and he like didn't if he wasn't gonna get fired, he would have quit. He would have done something. Because if I feel like in the whole situation, if if he if Tony Khan didn't end up in a situation where he felt unsafe, I think Punk would still be in AEW at some capacity. But that's a whole. I mean, they just point. be paying him to sit at home. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or I mean, you could just be like you're suspended without pay for this many months, and like that's going to hurt him, you know. I think. I mean, again, I don't want to <laughs> go into all that. Stephen P. New, by the way, all these all these non disclosure agreements and what you can't talk about. Oh my gosh, there's so much drama in wrestling. Oh, right drama. now. But so I'm more note about this match. But yeah, but, but, yeah the, the match itself. Let's focus on that. Yeah. yeah what's your match? What's your match, Prestige? What's your number two? Well, no, I think Xavier, you had another. Did you did you want to put a bow on this? Yeah, I just wanted to put a bow on the all-in match. Um, it wasn't supposed to happen because Punk didn't want to have the match. So it essentially couldn't, you know, it maybe would not have happened. And then Samoa Joe had to talk CM Punk into having the match. So I don't know. It just makes it that much more special that we like have it to look back on. As far as like the story, the build, the storyline. No, no. Like in real life, like it was a situation where the the jungle really, and then he was like, "Fuck it, I'm done." Right. Any of this? Right. Yeah. He literally said, "I'm not even going out there." Like because at that point, like monitors were broken. Tony was already threatened. Punk was like, "Fuck this, f this." Oh, you mean after the fight, Punk said, "Fuck this," and then Joe said, "Let's just fucking do it." I think yeah. Joe had to be convinced, or Joe had to I convince. didn't know any of that at all. Yeah, big time. Wow. So Joe was That's like, "Dude, cool. you're so Joe's like, and him and Joe go way back. And if anybody, yeah, if anyone was gonna, away. if anyone was gonna convince Punk to do yeah. business, yeah, if was, anybody's gonna pull him aside, it's gonna be Joe's a good one. And then like, you can't intimidate Joe. Well, it's also. It's 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 beyond. Yeah, Joe wants to show everything that goes smooth, but also like, yo, that's his big. That's his. What's he gonna do? And yeah. this is like Joe's big showcase. Like yeah. this is Joe's WrestleMania moment, if you will. And keep in mind, this is the. It's not like they're in the middle of the show where they can reshuffle. It's no, you were going on for like what? How do you know? Like certain <laughs> matches, know they're going early, you know. But you're not gonna have a buffer match. Open the card. Wow, I didn't like, know that Punk was gonna walk away. I did not know that. That was the big thing with that. Is yeah, Joe. You know, I'm sure Joe sauntered over in his towel, you know, <laughs> towel wrapped around. It's been like, hey, we're going to do this. You know, we're in Wembley, dude. We're like, there's 60, wow. you know, 80,000 people out there. Like, let's yeah. do this. Wow. And they did. So, Imagine yeah. Imagine if you didn't go out there, they would have had a riot. Fuck. A Ruby riot. Oh, jeez. Comedians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that- uh, let me tell you, that joke was rancid. All right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna switch over to to the E uh, with one of my favorite matches of the year. Uh, 
this is a match that doesn't people a lot a lot of people liked it, but it doesn't get a lot of uh, attention because the rest of that pay per view, you know, there was good and bad on this pay per view, but a lot of people just weren't a fan of certain double turns. But I'm referring to the women's triple threat at SummerSlam of this year. We're talking about Bianca Belair, Asuka, Charlotte Flair, uh, all in one match. Uh, they have a banger of a triple threat. I, I look back on the times. It's about 25 minutes. Wow. I really encourage people to go back. I know everybody just talks about Jimmy turning on Jay and blah, blah, blah. And Kid Rock was there and Bud Light <laughs> was running rampant in Detroit. But they put on a really good match. They told a good story in this triple threat. And then lo and behold, they don't even end up finishing that match because lo and behold, guess who enters uh, <laughs> uh, damage control with EO Sky. And we have a new, we have a brand new champion in Detroit. And yeah. well-deserved champion, I will say. Like, that whole execution. If you go back in that match, you have Bianca at one point selling, like, a really bad knee injury and doing a really good job with, like, working. Oh, the yeah, I remember that. We thought it was a real fucking injury. So I you did, had that yeah. going on. Then you have she Charlotte left Knox. and he came back. She came back towards the end. And then you think, okay, she's gonna get that win, and then all of a sudden, just bruge. Like no, Bailey but she did. In. She did win for a second. She won, yes. and he opened her. Yes, yes, or that is. Like I, that. I, I I failed to mention that that there was a finish to the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We did have Bianca of, pinning, uh, yeah. Bianca Pilasca. So so you didn't have Charlotte and Bianca. Uh, uh, you didn't have a finite conclusion to that. Um, and I think that was one of Charlotte's better matches of the year. Certainly the Rhea Ripley of Mania was good too, but, you know, unfortunately Charlotte's now injured, so you may not see Charlotte. Oh, man. Did you see that fall she took? Uh, it was pretty was brutal. Ugly. Yeah, brutal dude. I yeah, felt that. put their bodies on the line every day. But, uh, you know, once again, I think the WWE women's division deserves I, – I I don't think – I never think they get enough flowers. They've They've, they've you know – Stolen the show at more big, big super card events. Uh, and I think this was no different. This was a fantastic triple threat. Three of their big main adventures. Asuka had a great year as well. She got to be in the yeah. women's main event for Mania. Uh, one of the big matches with that. And she uh, was the so, inaugural uh, women's whatever champion she is. Right. The gold belt. Gold, oh, yeah. the gold. Whatever they well, call the that belt that yes. has. Yes. Um. And I, I like the use of her, you know, given that Muda got inducted this year, I think it's cool they're kind of giving her the the green mist gimmick. Uh, I thought it worked well for her. She, uh, yeah, well she does her. well with it. She does well with it. I like the makeup. I like the whole presentation that she's doing. It's different from kind of that macabre presentation with the mask that she had a couple of years ago. I like her character, how she evolves it. So I'm Team Asuka. I, I love Bianca and Charlotte. I think they're you had like you had a good job just balancing the different heavyweights and mega main eventers in this match. I thought it did a good job with everybody involved. So that's my, that's my, one of my favorites of the year. Yeah. When it comes to, to like mainstream wrestling, I'll take the women's wrestling over almost anything else. Cause I feel like they're just, they're, they're really good. And like these three are just special, you know, I'm not a big Charlotte fan just because she's kind of, she's kind of the female Roman reigns, uh, but she's good in the ring. You know, her matches are really good. Uh, Bianca is just amazing. She's incredible in the ring, and then Oscar, Oscar and Bianca. I love those two a lot. But yeah, it was a really good match. Those two, and then Damage Control came out, and and Io walked out with the title, which was incredible. Good moment for her. 
and a good storytelling full circle role movie because the previous SummerSlam they debuted and now this SummerSlam they got a title win. Wow, cool. yeah, one year later. And we thought they were on the verge of breaking up, but they actually got stronger mm-hmm. from yes. then on out. We talked about that a few times. Yeah. Yeah, they seem like they're about to break up, but then they've added new members since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely a, a great match and the setting, the atmosphere, you know, you're in Detroit, it's that big, that big pay-per-view feel. Uh, the story was there and yeah, just incredible talent all around. I'm, I'm kind of leaning with Sam as far as, you know, Charlotte doesn't do much for me as far as a character Her in-ring work is there. Obviously, you know, she's great, but uh, Bianca and Oscar just with her, her legacy, right? I mean, she's, she's legendary and she does it better than anyone else. I mean, Oscar was legendary when they announced her as being in the front row at NXT before they even like, Oh yeah. There before she was even called Oscar, you know. Yeah, she was a star, dude. She's yeah. been a star, so uh, she's always a pleasure to watch. So it's cool. It's cool seeing her, you know, get her time in. So it's cool. I'm, I back the whole damage control thing. Absolutely. Great, yeah. pr- great pick, critique. Hell yeah! No, no problem. We gotta mix it up a little. No, <laughs> no we do. We definitely do. Uh, all right, so I'm going to uh, go back off the rails because I want you guys to check this stuff out. Uh, so the GCW uh, this year, uh, Masha Samovich won their Rumble uh, in January, and she went on to to beat Nick Gage a couple months later for the world title. And her first title defense uh, was in Canada. And uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Speedball Mike Bailey, uh, yeah. but he's a super baby face. He's this nice young guy. Is and, he an Impact? Uh, also, yeah, he's an Impact. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, so he, he they, they're in Canada, and the fans were so into Masha Samovich, she's an impact too, uh, that they were booing him. And he had this look on his face like, what? You're booing me? Like, he had this look on his like, he Like, it was the first time he, anybody ever booed him. It was it was adorable. I oh, love wow. it. Uh, but they had this crazy match, and uh, Mike Bailey, like, literally took the ring apart during the match like he took the ropes down he took the mat apart and which people do sometimes but then they started taking the boards off and then they like he made this gap between the boards and then masha ended up like he went down there and then she grabbed him and she pulled him up in her like little choke hold that she does and she just choked him out and then when the match was over she just like dropped him back into the hole that that he made and it was just an incredible match and uh, those two guys um I, I love those two. They're 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 incredible. Uh speedball Mike Bailey, though. Uh he actually won uh uh match of the year in impact, which was pretty cool. Him and Will Ospreay, another Will Ospreay match. Honorable mention. That one was yeah. great too. That was a really good match. Yeah, speedball and Will Ospreay at Bound for Glory. Yeah, that was a really was good match. Right. Glory. I remember they and Bound of Glory is basically their the it's their mania. Yeah, it's their big show of the year. It was great that Osprey got to. I I always I think there should be more one offs. Like you know, I like how Cardona got to go to AEW for a little bit. Then he wanted to go to GCW. Like if you're a free agent and if and if you want to sign one shot deals or two match appearances, whatever one feud, it should be like even like one feud. Like come in for a feud and leave. Like I don't see why you know like, more guys. Yeah, in, like Juice know? and Thunder Liger came in for one match in NXT. Exactly. Yeah, and it was killer. And then I, I listened to this interview recently with Mickey James. It's an old interview on the Kurt Angle show. But um, she was supposed to come in for one match. Um, that match she did in NXT against Asuka. And then she did so well that they're like, we want to sign you. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, so I do agree with that. I think bringing people in for a one shot is a great idea. And my hope is with Triple H and, and, and not Vince there, like we might get more of these one shot appearances, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We won't get any more one shots from Will Ospreay, though, because now he's tied down. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, th- yeah. And I think given the scope of Omega not being there, you know, Punk isn't there, I do think there is something to having. Osprey in AEW just because there's more there's mm, more for Osprey to sense. do. Now, well, no, there's not that he can't do anything in a in WWE. There's definitely things he can do in WWE, but there are still fresh matchups in AEW. He has, he has not scratched the surface of AEW, and I think given no. Omega's not there, given unfortunate circumstances, I think having Osprey is you know great for the company. It's a but great. You're absolutely match. right, though. I never really thought about it like that, but I mean, if anybody is going to uh, fill the hole that King Omega left. You know, Will Ospreay definitely can step up. It's unfortunate how his signing is going to be viewed now as filling the hole, but you know. Yeah, but I mean, it's a, a spot. You know. Yeah, he'll he'll fill it. Just like uh, Xavier, is your next match going to be Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho? <laughs> <laughs> no. But that was a, that was a great match. That I mean, was incredible a great match. match. Incredible match. I just remember how mad you were about it. <laughs> When they announced it, I was like, are they doing Will Ospreay versus Jericho? You're like, I hope not. <laughs> you remember how mad I was, dude? I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, fuck that. And then they it ended up being a really great match. <laughs> it was good. Jericho was a few steps behind, but like, uh, understandably. Yeah, I mean, he's an old guy. I mean, you know, go easy on him, I guess. But it, it was, or maybe not. I don't know. I don't want to talk about that. But it was, it was a great Match. I would talk about that match, but Jericho made me sign an NDA, so I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna make a bad joke, say, "Oh, he was too slow because he was, you know, doing uh, bad things backstage." <laughs> Allegedly, plead the fifth on that, and the whole thing. Uh, uh, the fifth. But uh, what's up? You're next, Xavier. What you got? Oh, I am next. Okay. Um, you know what? Really, we kind of scratched the proverbial surface on this one. We were talking about the strap match with uh, Starks at All Out, and how it was supposed to be Punk, and then Punk was no longer there, and you know Danielson takes the uh, the spot, and it was a match that was thrown together. It was my favorite match from the pay per view. And the thing that stands out the most to me is the ending with uh, Ricky Starks Starks just completely passing out and going limp. Um, Just the storytelling. Starks is incredible, man, inside the ring, on the mic. Um, He'll fumble, but we all fumble, right? It's normal. We're human. Yeah. Um, But just incredible. Incredible. And the fact that it was thrown together like that, it was an incredible match. I feel like uh, you can... yeah, I got to beat there for that, and it was oh, definitely. Shit, oh, nice. Yes, tell me more. It definitely yeah. it's it's one of those things where that whole night, not to go off on a tangent about all out, but that whole night, oh, no. there were some punk chants, but I I do think you know Tony Tony did the right thing by. Uh, I do feel that statement was very lawyery, but he did the right thing to get it out in the open before the pay per view because there would have been way more chance if he hadn't discussed what happened uh, at Collision. so oh, I, they fired they, Punk like the day before, right? Yeah, they, they announced the firing at, on Saturday before Sunday. And before all that was on Saturday. One of, one <laughs> of uh, AEW's rare uh, Sunday pay-per-views, all out. Um, I believe Wrestle Dream was also a Sunday. Uh, all In was a Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, 
but the all out card itself, you know, it was United Center, which, by the way, a lot of people may not know. Maybe I'm repeating this, but the first ever event at the United Center was SummerSlam '94. It's a it's a it's a venue that was built for the Chicago Bulls, but oh, it that ultimately old? wow, that old, yeah. But ultimately, it ended up being used for its first thing for pro wrestling. So there is a history to that venue being used for some wrestling. So it was definitely. And and when you know Rodman was showing up on WCW Nitro and all those were all United Center moments. So well, when I did think it was you know? That, I mean, this is completely off topic, but do you know when they retired? Um, uh, I just had it in my head a second ago. Um, what was the place in Chicago that they went to before United Center? Uh, Rosemont, so the, Rosemont so Horizon. So Rosemont Horizon is still there. They just it got changed basically now. The, so the Allstate Insurance comes out. So it's called Allstate Arena. Oh, Allstate. Uh, okay, I was thinking Allstate Arena then when you yeah. said when, okay. So the Rosemont right. is still it's that venue. It's just a different name. Yeah, different name. Oh, interesting. Oh, I did not realize that. Okay. Yeah, it's a historic. I mean, that's why a couple of years ago. Well, yeah, that's why at Mania twenty two. That's where Bret Hart wanted to be. He he only came back to be inducted in that venue because he's you know partial to that venue, the Rosemont Horizon. Wow. Uh, Punk made his return at Allstate. You know it had to be Allstate. You know it had to be Rosemont. There's so much history there. Yeah. Um, but anyways, going into this event, like I was expecting more hijacking. I was expecting more booze. I was expecting more. But you know, like there were a few Punk chants. You know, uh, when FTR came, the biggest and loudest probably Punk chant. Was during the FTR uh, Bucks four on four with the uh, Bullet Club, and FTR is probably egging it on. <laughs> it, it was funny during that match. We I think we talked about this. I don't know if Xavier you were there for the All Out Breakdown episode, but Juice started getting a huge face. It, it was he was clearly the heel in that match, but Juice started getting a face chant. Given that he's from Oak Park, Illinois, so it's almost like the crowd was like. Okay, you want to yell about hometown heroes? Why don't we talk about Juice Robinson? Like, so I liked that. I didn't know that. And somebody told me, like, somebody sitting next to me, just, you know, you, you're talking to fans next to each other. Like, oh, he's from the Oak Park. Oh, wow, that's great. So, like, you, you learn about these things and you see the fans do have power in wrestling. I think oftentimes we don't talk about that enough. Like, the fans have the power to to make changes. They can They can control the temperature of the match. You know, you look back on – Hogan and Rock and how Hogan was basically treated like a face. <laughs> Even though he's like going in that match, he's a fucking NWO heel. He basically has his face turn, you know, that was called an audible based on the fans. So you think about that, like the fans do have some power. They do have control in matches. They can take the temperature of the room. And I think going into that night, there was definitely like, ah, oh, where's Punk? Where's Punk? But, you know, again, you're coming off all in. Tony is scrambling. Go, to put it back to the strap match, like that that match, the place claim unglued. I I do believe either the strap match or I I like the international title. I think that was fine for a for that was a fine bloody main event. But if I had to choose another main event, I hundred percent I go with that strap match. You know, you had Ricky the Dragon Steamboat there as well. He got a big reaction when he came out. My first time seeing him live in person. Great mm-hmm. reaction for him to come down. Danielson with the strap and Danielson keep in mind was injured going into that match. He revealed it. I think in the press conference that there was a lot of smoke and mirrors. Like, you know, we, we worked around certain things. Ricky knew what he's doing again. Ricky has really good Ricky. He might owe pebble. He's junior rock, whatever, but he has really good ring psychology and he has a good eye for, for what, how to kind of work matches with different hurdles. And I see a future for him wherever he goes, whether he stays, goes, whatever he, to me, he's a future main event. 
I agree. Absolutely. I feel like Brian Danielson has been injured the whole year, whether or not he's wrestling, whether or not he's wrestling, he's just been injured. Um, Cause like, he's, he's going from one injury to the next. Cause like his eye thing. And I don't know, he had all kinds of other, yeah, he missed all in, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, but as far as Brian Danielson goes, I feel like you could put every single match he's had this year into a hat. And each one of them would be match the year candidate. Like he is just so incredibly good. I think this um, is the perfect transition for, for me because I think I'll make my next pick. I'll do the Iron Man match with MJF from Revolution. Oh, nice. There you go. Again, to a guy who you, you talk about, you know, you had these stars coming in with AEW. You have this sort of like, oh, why do you want this ex WWE person here? Why do you want so and so in here? But you can't deny, yes, Danielson never really had a belt in this run with AEW, and, and maybe he'll get the belt. Maybe they'll do Joe Danielson for the belt. We'll see. But you can't say that Danison isn't a main eventer. You can't say that he hasn't been working with new talent, elevating new talent, creating matches that are championship caliber worthy, creating he's he's basically a main eventer and he's making the match that he's in, whoever the opponent is, he's making them ten times better, being yeah. seen as a main eventer. And I think that's what this Iron Match Iron Man match was with MJF because up until that point, I think he had been champion maybe uh, you know, whatever, few months. But how many defenses had he really had? You know, he was kind of going for the chicken shit heel on um, the attraction. I don't, I don't face anybody. Well, I he was like, he was stretching it from like as as long as he could with with being contractually obligated to defend it. Right, but this was a match where it's like, no, this guy can go. It's not yeah. just about talking. There was there was so many different techniques and and just the psychology of using the the air pump and everything. It was, it was, it was fantastic. And when was the last time we've seen like a good, like, I, I believe like, I know WWE doesn't really do 60 minute Ironman matches anymore. And I know AEW has done a couple time limit draws that are 60 minutes, but you know, such a good, good use of like breath control, making it, making, you know, each competitor having that time, having those moments, making each, you know, point in the Ironman match work. Like I, I thought it was fantastic, and I I will say I always love Danielson with the longer hair. I thought just seeing him with that, yeah, with the <laughs> there was some roast thing that MJF said where he's like, "Why do you look like a literal goat?" And I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like that is, <laughs> I see it, I see it just a little bit. Yeah, he looks like one and he is one. I um, also like his old look in Ring of Honor when you like his younger look when he had his head shaved bald and his beard baby face. Yeah, 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 baby dragon. Yeah, good Big stuff. Smile. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, when was the last real big Iron Man match? You know, like who knows at this point. Um, but yeah, these two guys, this one, this match had a really good build. I, I feel like right. I feel like I feel like with Brian Danielson, he wants to be in these situations, but he doesn't necessarily need to win them because nope. he, he's comfortable with where he is in life. Like, like he wants to be in an Iron Man match, he doesn't need to win it, but he wants to be in it. And this whole continental classic, which it was so many good matches came out of the Continental Classic, but I feel like they made that to appease Brian because he wants to go to the G1, and Tony's like, "No, stay here. I'll bring the G1 to you," you know. And and he didn't have to win it, but like he wanted to be in something like that. He just wanted to be in a and, tournament similar to the G1. I, I yeah, do admire. Absolutely. I admire Tony for it was a cool concept. It was um, a good. It was a cool concept. I was. I just don't know if. The, I mean, again, they. How many belts does this promotion need? I am a little concerned about that. I mean, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned with like, you know, what happens for now on for forever now. The 
in order to be a Ring of Honor champion, you need to hold the North American Triple Crown. Like, that's weird. Did, did you yeah, at some point, these, these, uh, these belts, they, they, I mean, I get it. Like, it looks, it's a cool look. I think it's a great moment for Kingston. I'm happy for Kingston. You know, definitely a good look for him. And the matchups made so the build in that tournament was great. But yeah, just, I think my, and I like the way the, the eight man tag came together too, based on the rankings of the, uh, of the tournament as well. Um, oh yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was a cool. You know, race. the fall is usually fall December. It's like, what do you you need things to kind of keep people invested? I if you notice, there are a lot of tournaments in October through December. In wrestling. <laughs> yeah, November is what Survivor Series. My Survivor friend Survivor Series tournaments. You know, other like I, I think AEW had like a TNT tournament last. November, maybe two Novembers ago. I'm getting 2021 and 22 confused, but you know, there's NXT has been having breakout tournaments for break and NXT's had deadline and breakout tournaments and blah, blah, blah. You know, like it's, there's a lot going on. So, you know, I do think Tony deserves credit for, for booking this tournament and it definitely felt very G1 esque. So, you know, good, good for them for trying. And, and Bryanson's going to go, Brian Anderson, he's going to go to wrestle kingdom. He's going to get that, uh, wrestle kingdom moment. Uh, is that his first? That's not his first Wrestle Kingdom, right? Uh, or was that his first appearance? Was he in Wrestle Kingdom this earlier this year or uh, last year? I don't think he was. I don't think he was. I think it is his first Wrestle Kingdom, but not his first time at Tokyo Dome, right? Or is that his first time? At- no, definitely not. I know he's done stuff for New Japan, like wow, years um, and years, like yeah, year, yeah, like decade. Plus. Yeah, we'll say it's his first time in the Tokyo Dome, though, post WWE. Okay. There you go. Yeah, okay, we'll go Since with he's that. He's going to star. <laughs> and it might be his first time at Wrestle Kingdom, so. It, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's, it's then, did, he, did he fight Okada this year? I mean, I'm sorry, 2023? Yeah, for Bindor. Right. right. And he also fought Zack Sabre in 2023. Zack Sabre, too, at Wrestle Dream, yep. Yeah. That, that's an honorable mention if you want to get it. Yeah. A little crazy, a little drag. That's a little honor. Yeah, we'll make this the Danielson chunk. Like, I mean, yeah, I every match that he's had, like I said, every match he's had yeah, this every year, fucking match. match of the year, really. Yeah, he, he's incredible, and I'm, I'm so happy his story is playing out uh, the way it is, and he's the author. And, and this was a guy who we thought wasn't going to wrestle, wasn't gonna wrestle like, again. So many, like, just moments of, like, oh, you did not think this was possible. You did not think you'd see Brian Danielson outside a WWE ring. You didn't think you'd see him again in a ring. Yeah, you know? it's true. Yeah, and really maybe Joe, while we're at it, in theory, we were talking about Punk and Joe not happening. Joe, when he was in WWE, was not allowed to compete anymore. You know, because he could have just stayed there and been complacent. Being a commentator, yeah. Wear a poncho. Yeah. Been a commentary. Wear a poncho for the rest of his career, yeah. Now he's and AEW world champion. World champion. Yeah, champion. Look at that. The, Do you um, guys know that Samoa Joe has only been world champion in TNA one time? Oh. I thought it was at least two or three, but I looked it up. Yeah, I didn't was know. it more? Was he more of a the television title? Yeah, he was like a three-time X Division champion. Oh, X Division was it? Well, yeah. And then at one point, at one point, he won all the titles at once. <laughs> Which Did was Kurt weird. Angle do that? And then I think Kurt Angle beat him all for it. You beat him for he, all. So maybe Kurt Angle, or maybe the there's some weird like my buddy showed me. There's some like weird shoot fight that Angle and Joe had in TNA or whatever. Huh. Oh yeah, it was terrible. It was abysmal. <laughs> I think Kurt Angle got hurt in it too. Like I think he got concussed. I I might not be thinking about the right match, but that or match something was where like it shoot and then at the mm-hmm. very end Joe gets the pin. Yeah, but it was just like not 
Execute. Right, so we'll uh, we'll love in all Brian Danielson matches. Yeah, yes. this, is the, um, this is the Brian Danielson appreciation moment. Uh, uh, so, oh, go ahead. I just like the yeah. I think Sam, you touched on that build. Like, didn't you have to go through like five different, like seven different victories? Like, oh, for the back. Iron Man match, yeah, he had he had to win every match. I think for five weeks. And every week it was like MGF bring somebody else in to, to face. Them. It was and it was a different. It was like these were all like, oh, this could be a pay per view. I don't remember who, like but they were all really good matches. Really good matches. I, I do when encourage. What was Takeshita? Oh God, that was during that. Wasn't that during that build? They had a really good match. You're right because didn't he say take a shit or whatever? Wasn't that the big MJF? <laughs> no, he said that. Oh God. Um, Somebody said that at some point. He definitely said it at some point. Uh, but yeah, it just it showed that Brian Anderson is a main event. Like you need somebody to come in. You have these stars. You have WWE, WWE guys, but you have people are, yeah. People are too like they get too serious or sensitive or whatever the case. They get too caught up in ex WWE guys, mm. right? But you have someone who is a main eventer, and you shouldn't look at him as an ex WWE or whatever. Just a main eventer who's there to elevate talent and work behind the scenes as well. And if I'm not mistaken, he has filled the creative role taken over from punk at collision. He is the kind of running collision, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I think it shows in the booking. That too. And then hopefully he, he has a life behind the scenes once his career is over this year. Right. Yeah. Hell good yeah. for him. All right. How many matches are we in? I think uh, three. I'm three in. This is going to be my fourth. All right. This will be the fourth. I'm going to throw my list out the window, you guys, because I thought of another one on the AEW realm. Uh, the, the most brutal match I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, a match that I had stood up and put my hands on top of my head when I was watching, uh, and I was in shock the whole entire time. Uh, Texas Deathmatch. Swerve versus Hangman Page. Ooh, um, yeah, yeah. this match, I mean, Swerve, like, oh, Hangman drank his blood, like, that was insane. Like, just watching that back with him, just like, he's like milking him and he's like drinking it. Like, Ugh. oh, it was so gross, it was so gross. But these guys beat the fuck out of each other, and yeah. it, the match ended with Swerve hanging Hangman, and then as soon as the match ended, Swerve just collapsed. Swerve just collapsed. And I'm gonna also say, like two days later, I tweeted, I tweeted out, and I was like, "Does anybody know if Swerve and Hangman are okay?" Because that <laughs> match was fucking brutal, you know. And somebody replied to me and said, "Hey, I hate to break this to you, but wrestling is fake." Oh my god! And then I said to him, that. "What those two guys did was not fake. Let or me know predetermined you or whatever." Some- and I go, let me know when you do some fake shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Loser. Because those, because that was that was not fake. <laughs> those guys put each other through that night. I mean, and that was a uh, that was again. My apologies. Every pay per view is blurring blurring together. And that was full gear. Yeah, I believe so. In L.A. Oh yeah, that was. And I not which. Potentially, yeah. the my original plan was to skip Survivor Series and go to Full Gear. Now, I'm grant I'm happy with my decision, but that was a brutal car for uh, Full Gear, and this was definitely the standout match um, of that car. And a standout match, one of the standout matches of the year. Yes, you you can debate the 
level of brutality. I mean, I guess AEW is like, I, I think it would be harder to swallow, no pun in, or harder to digest <laughs> in, in W. Like, this doesn't seem like a moment that could happen in WWE. This definitely is an AEW. AEW's like, you know, what, what did Jericho compare it to? Like, WWE's Disney and we're Tarantino. Like, this definitely feels like yeah. an edgy you want to say you're the that. edge of your content and hundred percent, this should not be on TV. Like I don't like hundred percent. This is a, you know, I still don't understand when they do like barbed wire spots on TV. Like, no, save that for, or no, what was Paper the one man. that got me? The Nick Gage shaving the dude, like Jericho's head and then cutting to a <laughs> commercial though, at least. <laughs> yeah. Like I could see that not being on a cable network, but yeah, like you have pay-per-view moments you're having all these matches on TV. Like you need to save some of them for pay-per-view. And I think this is a, this was a moment for a pay-per-view. Like you're, you're, Hey, we're getting something wild. And dare I say, could you, could, could an argument be made that that was swerves, Austin, bloody submission match moment. That, that does, does this, does that moment make his career? Like a the career defining moment. Maybe not the career defining, but it's definitely like the, the he's he's more he's looked at as a main eventer now like to me this was sort of a a i feel like this whole page was kind of to take swerve to the next level and i mean he went beyond anything i see i expected for this because i feel i see him now as a huge star right yeah Yeah. because he was pretty mid carter you know not to like shit on him or anything but he was a pretty good mid carter you know, doing some cool mid-card shit, and then he went after Hangman, and he definitely raised his stock with that feud. Yeah, like, he was, I mean, they had the tag team with Keith Lee, which, great, and then they didn't get that feud, which, as we learned later, I mean, talk about more health problems, like, poor Keith Lee, like, it seems like since 2019, I mean, 2019, Keith Lee was staring down Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, and, you know, unfortunately, the pandemic... It took the literally, you know, he, he's had a bunch of health scares. I, I really do. He, he's definitely one of my, you know, I knew him a little bit. I'd seen a couple of the Evolve matches. I got to really love him in the NXT run. A couple of those takeover matches with like, you know, Jack or the Adam Cole Great American Bash match where he became a double champion in one night. Like, you know, I'm, 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 I, I hope he gets to, you know, come back. But if, if this is definitely a, sort of a sign to maybe hang it up. It'll be unfortunate, but, you know, he's definitely another one where it's just like, he had been paired up with Swerve. I like their tag team, but then they got broken up, and it was like, Swerve, what do you, like, we don't, Swerve was kind of bouncing around from one random feud or kind of put over a face guy or whatever. I think he feuded with Starks for, like, one TV program or whatever. So Swerve need, really needed this win, you know? Like, I think that, or he needed this program. Like, this this took him to the next level. Between the really all-in did. match with hangman i think hangman made swerve in this program mm-hmm. yeah so I kudos agree. to the moment know. that the <laughs> moment that hangman was in the ring and swerve's music hit like i knew that swerve was gonna step up and he really did yeah, yeah. Hang- hangman did need the elevation swerve did and he got right. it and it's like they're even keel like hangman's a star and swerve in his own right but you know, look at the song, look at, and Nana is such a good element. Oh my God. I love when you. Swerve makes Nana stop dancing. I love it. I yeah. love it. So they, don't do that. Their don't chemistry do that. is is off the charts. And 
uh, this match was barbaric. This match, uh, you know, I'm right there with you, dude. I was just sh- like shocked. I was like, are I they- was, yeah, I wasn't shocked. Like, like are they really? And every, you know, every spot just gets more and more intense. And it's like, stay down at some point. Yeah, dude. Like, I don't want to see this anymore. Just brutality. But uh, yeah, that, that really, you know, that it ended up on I need TM. those moments in wrestling sometimes. And I'm not saying those two guys, man. They yeah. showed up and they showed it on, up. It was on TMZ. Like, get out of here, dude. Like, we're I don't know if I don't know if any two guys on the mainstream level worked harder than those two in that match. You know what I mean? Like, that was crazy. That was yeah. That cheers to that. That was definitely one of the best matches of 2023. I swear when you drive. Hell yeah! Is it uh? But you got Xavier. I hope it wasn't that one. It was, but I found uh, it. I, I, I saw your list. Are you going to do the all-in one? <laughs> I <failed. laughs> Yeah, do the other one. That is a good one. Oh, the casket match? Yeah. I, yeah, I, you know, I toyed was. with the idea, but I was like, eh, I can't. It's not match of the year for me. Not match. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not on the list. Um, You know, we were talking about Charlotte, and we were talking about the Rhea Ripley match at Mania. Um, I'm throwing it on. I'm throwing it out there, man. Rhea Ripley is just... I don't even know. She's the show. She is the show. She is the star. And again, Charlotte, character work, nothing for me. In ring work, I don't know who can do it better at her size. Yeah, these, two, build. these two brought it. Uh, her and, and build, see, her frame, the way she does those flips, like it looks amazing. She's insane. It's it's incredible. And then you got someone like Rhea, who, and they're both powerhouses. They're both very big you know, sturdy uh, athlete. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the thing is, is Charlotte's background is gymnastics, so and she's volleyball. probably really, yeah, yeah, yeah. really good at like yeah, moving her sense. body and telling her body where to go. So, you know, I give her a little bit more uh, credit. She, you know, I, I like that. I like the people who kind of, you know, come. Oh, up. but I laugh every time Andrade does the figure eight. Yeah, it's a little I'm silly. Like, stop doing that move. <laughs> it was cool the first Wait, time. You're, you're, you're saying when Andrade does it or when Charlotte? Yeah, he does it every time. It's like his move. Yeah, that's well, that's his thing. Like that's that shouldn't count against Charlotte. Yeah, I Charlotte it doesn't count against sense. her. I just thought of it though. I like the way Charlotte does that figure eight, which way she lifts. She makes her it arm. look good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's a modified. You know, and I love how it's a like like it's a it's a it's like an upgrade to the figure four. Yeah. I'm, I know a lot of people have problems with Charlotte's promos, but she's had so many great matches, so many great between the Sasha, those Sa- Sasha and Charlotte matches. To me, they echo Steamboat Flair, like Rick. Like they, the first women's Hell, Hell in a Cell yeah. was them. Um, the stuff with Becky, you know, you and you needed you needed Charlotte involved, or you needed Charlotte involved in that triple threat at, at the Mania 35 with Ronda. I think Charlotte was a better matchup for Ronda during all those troublesome Ronda moments, like Charlotte kind of got Ronda through all that. Now it didn't make it look like a f- total fucking clusterfuck. I think Charlotte deserves her flowers as a company woman, putting people over at the right time, taking losses when it matters, taking wins when it matters uh, again. And, and to bring it back to this match, who else? I, I don't think Becky could have been the torch passer to, to Rhea Ripley. I think Charlotte was the better opponent for Rhea's uh, sort of coming out party on the main roster. It was, it was a that talk, you know, I know Rita's Rhea's Ripley's song is brutality. That was a brutal match. At one point we all like, at one point, the I don't know if it was picked up on the, I was there for it, but I don't know if it was picked up on the, on the Peacock uh, version, 
one point the screen went out during their match. So no one was looking up. Everybody was looking at the at the arena. Uh, but at one point there was this nasty spot where Charlotte's bleeding and it looks like they both had some sort of like head-on collision, like concussion. Wow. And, and in the arena, it got quiet. Oh, wow. And keep in mind, this is the essentially semi-main event of the night. Mm-hmm. And the arena got like, what the like. Like it reminded me of I wasn't there for this one, but Mania twenty five when Undertaker did the dive and hit the cameraman, he overshot oh, that. The cameraman and, missed him basically. Yeah, the cameraman and like wasn't the cameraman like Snooker's kid? You know who the cameraman was? Yeah, wasn't it Snooker's kid or Yeah, it was Snooker's son, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, you know. And apparently I've heard from people like the arena, the reason that never got a full five stars because people were like, Is the Undertaker dead? Like it just got quiet. Yeah, that was the first. That was uh, anyways, but yeah, no, that was that was such a good match. Those two, Charlotte and and Rhea. And again, Rhea was built up that whole thing, like number one at Royal Rumble, winning after thirty, knocking twenty nine other people out, facing Charlotte, facing the powerhouse, the the face of the women's division is you know one of one of the bigger faces of the women's division at that time. Yeah, I mean, she dominated the whole year. She dominated the whole year. Yep, she's still she's still on fire. It's and there's weird. a look that Charlotte gives Rhea when she wins. Like it, again, those those Ric Flair psychology storytelling yeah. moments. Yep. Yeah, she's a flair at the end of the day. Let's get real. Yeah. You know, she's a flair. So that explains a lot. But yeah, killer match. Anything with Rhea. She's a flair. Uh, three marriages and 15 world titles. Yeah. No, four, well, no, yeah. Well, f- she's on her fourth. She's on the fourth. fourth and it was her third. Damn. I believe that's the fourth. Yeah. That's why I remember there were rumors that her and Andrade broke up. Like, man. Yeah, there were rumors. I'm glad that they're not because I feel like if they broke up, he wouldn't be doing her move. Um. Yeah. Well, aren't there rumors he's coming back or some shit? Yeah. So he did a goodbye. He did a goodbye tweet uh, to Tony Khan AEW today. Yeah, he's done. He's out. I mean, Apparently, he... Andrade, Andrade is the first person. Uh, since the inception of of all elite wrestling, uh, to request his release from both companies. Both companies. Yeah. <laughs> and he's gonna probably he's probably gonna be in the rumble. Probably. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I get it. Triple H was high on Andrade, but his man, wife he needs is there. Mouth, but Andrade needs a mouthpiece like immediately. Immediately. Put him as Selena Vega again. I mean, that he one. needs a somebody to tweet for him too. <laughs> yeah. Well, in WWE, they they I think they had. Well, there to. were at one point Chavo was his mouthpiece, but then Chavo went away, ran, and I know he had to do. I think Matt Hardy for a little while was his Matt Hardy. It was, was random. Weird. He kept going through weird God. managers every other week. That yeah. whole thing was so fucking bad. That <laughs> whole money making Matt. Oh, the the the, the Hardy family, the Hardy yeah. family house or whatever. That whole thing was so hard to watch. I'm glad that was terrible. Sorry, over. And no, it, no, you're right. Just, I feel for. I don't actually blame Andrade much. Like it just feels like he never found his through bad luck, bad timing. Uh, at one point, they were going to pair him with Ric Flair, but I think that's when the Dark Side episode came on that delayed Flair's <laughs> appearance. Uh, which now he's there. Uh, who would have thought? Um, yeah, managing I, Sting. I just I feel like. Andrade just never got a fair shake. Like I remember there was some he had like he did have some match with Buddy Murphy on collision that was really good. He had a or he had a little bit of a program with Buddy Murphy. That was kind of cool because like they're both like kind of former <laughs> WWE guy. And funny enough, uh <laughs> they're both, if you think about it, 
<laughs> we talk about Rhea and Charlotte. They're the they're they're the hubbies. Yeah, the hubbies yeah I their remember own. that. That was funny. They are. Uh, the of the. Uh, he had a good. He had a good run in NXT. He Josh. had an amazing run in NXT, and it. I think him and Selena paired up in the main roster was good too for a while. But man, I don't know. Either he needs a mouthpiece, or he just comes in with a fat. Maybe he becomes part of LWO or something. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, it's oh, that you L- know Santos Escobar's group. He'll be in there. In Santos, well, Santos is healed. Now. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, Andrade, Andrade is not going to be a babyface. Hopefully not. I don't know. And then what happened to Carlito? Did Carlito get injured or something? He disappeared. Oh, he was on something tonight. What did I watch? NXT. Oh, he was on NXT tonight. Oof. So you know what that means? That means they were just not happy with this ring work. And like, all right, just go. No, it was uh, he was filling in for Dragon Lee. I don't know if Dragon Lee's hurt or what. Okay. So is everybody just we're round robbing opponents? Like Dragon Lee filled in for Carlito. Now Carlito filling in. (laughs) They returned the favor. Is everybody okay? What's going on over there? He returned the favor. Well, at least we know who's not the host of Backlash anymore. You know, that's the real. (laughs) I wonder who's going to. Not the host anymore. (laughs) Hey, that match could actually be on this list too. That is in my honorable mention. That was, uh, that was a good match. Bad Bunny should have been the game. Still don't know why that match wasn't the main event. I still been main event. But you know, I think we might have talked about this at the time. I feel like maybe it, since it wasn't the main event, it lit a fire under their ass, and they the match was better because of it. Yeah, the maybe. Brock Cody match was definitely a behemoth. Like whoa, like Brock taking huge amounts of color in Puerto Rico. It was definitely a spectacle. No, they took they took a they took a oh, backlash mania and they made it an international spectacle pay per view. That whole pay per view was amazing. Um, uh, my next match is going to be oh before uh before you make your next match. So this will be four for all of us. Yeah. You guys want to just round it out at four since we're uh, about to hit an hour and a half? Yeah, maybe we can do a couple honorable mentions all and right, then we'll all right. wrap it up. I go for it, Pratik. Um, I'm going to do well. This is the last one. We'll do it. Well, I'll do a two way tie for this. Uh, <laughs> we'll wrap it up with uh, uh I'm, I'm gonna stick with the uh, mania where we'll stay on this mania trend. And my 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 fourth pick, which is a tie, is gonna be first one is gonna be uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, uh, versus the Usos. The match actually that uh, followed Rhea and Charlotte, uh, the main event of night one, uh, the first time ever that a tag team title match main evented a mania uh and the first time a tag match main evented a mania since mania one uh uh for for the world undisputed tag titles with uh kevin owens and Sami Zayn picking up a huge win uh repping pwg they had the pwg gorilla on their tights if you go back and watch yeah um you know they made their bones do i remember that I, you can see it briefly. If, so I learned about it from the press conference, but if you go back on Peacock, you can see it. They did talk about PWG in the press conference a lot. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, the, the the sort of conclusion, you can say there's chapters to every story, but this was a fitting conclusion to the sort of Sami Zayn, Uso bloodline story. You know, it started, you know, all the way back in April. This was supposed to be a one-off little, like, hey, put him with, Put him with the bloodline. We'll see what happens. And it turned into a huge, you know, it, it puts Sammy over in ways that he's been deserving for years and years and years. 
And and I yeah. do believe I, I think this matchup, if you go back and watch that match, there's so many moments in there that you don't see. You got to see the 1D, a.k.a. the 3D, a.k.a. whatever. You got to see somebody kick out of it, which rarely happens anymore. Um, you got to see Sami Zayn deliver super kicks. You got to see, you know, that amazing, that one move off the off the top rope where both of them are there. Uh, and again, Kevin Owens had main evented night one two years in a row. I think this was a way for him to kind of top it. It's a way for both of them who've put in work for decades uh, uh, in various wrestling promotions. You see two guys who, you know, don't really fit the Vince build getting this huge moment with, with the Usos who I will say, you know, next to FTR, I, I do think the Usos are a great workhorse uh, faction tag team uh, and definitely one of the harder working tag teams in the WWE. Uh, so I'm, I'm very happy with that match. Uh, uh I do think this was, despite what Ric Flair says, I do think this, based on the storyline, based on what was going on with the bloodline, based on the momentum of Sami Zayn, yes, he maybe didn't get the big title match, but he got to main event night one, and he got a tag, he got a big win with one of his longtime rivals and friends uh, on a great yeah. stage. Uh, and in then LA. one thing, I just want to add one thing about this match is uh, we talked a lot about build, and I think build is very important, and I feel like this match had. The biggest build a match has had in a very, very long time. Oh, yeah. And it's tied to the next night's main event, too. In fact, the yeah. both tag teams do show up at one point in the in the main event on night two as well. You see the Usos show up, and then, of course, Kevin and Sammy show up for a quick run-in as well. So they're, they're kind of tying these different storylines together. And while maybe now it's a little convoluted, we will see what happens. Uh, at the time, I thought the Bloodline storyline was chapter by chapter flowing very well. I mean, that momentum from the Royal Rumble moment when Sammy refuses to take the steel chair to Kevin Owens and then turns it on Roman and Roman gets hit by a steel chair again, (laughs) fitting to his moment from Seth Rollins turning on him with the steel cage. You know, there's so many little like callbacks in the history of these two. And you see it in that match as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that bloodline thing was something else. There's a great moment where Jay tells Sammy to stay down in that match, too, if you go back and watch, you know? Yeah, the story, just the bloodline in general. but And, uh, and little Uzi Vert uh, brings them down to the ring. <laughs> so random. That was random. But high caliber. It, it, oh, it, my momentous, like a WrestleMania moment. Absolutely. And then, um, oh, I did have a tie. I did have a tie match. Uh, another match that uh, I believe the uh, the indie darlings enjoyed, but, uh, you know, still one of my favorites. And it involves uh, a fast up-and-comer in the WWE main roster and, you know, could be a potential main eventer one day, uh, is uh, the three-way on night two uh, with yeah. Walter, uh, Drew, and Sheamus. I mean, you know, Sheamus has been doing those matches with – Walter pretty much all of 2022 and I thought this was a great way for him to have his flowers uh, with a big mania match and then you had Drew who you know you've been wanting to see Walter and and Drew come together Uh, and frankly I found the SummerSlam match not as I felt there was some chemistry there I think it worked better on TV than the arena but the the way the three-way worked between Drew and Sheamus's rivalry and Gunther's rivalry and Walter's rivalry and Oh, the the back and forth of the chops. It's during the day too. It's a it's a nineteen minutes match. Nineteen minute match 
uh, third match on the card in the middle of the day, and they managed to steal the show. I mean, I'll say it. I think the energy picked up in the arena once this match got going. Because the yeah. two matches before that, you had you had Lesnar and Omos kicking off the show, which that was, I guess... Snortfest. I mean, I get what they did it for the spectacle of you want to see a F5 yeah. from Omos, but that moment came too long in that match. It, could, it should have just been a squash. You know, if you really want to shock people, I think that would have been good. Uh, I think they should open with this, the triple threat. You know, it was a great way to elevate the title, a great way to showcase Gunther, Walter, good way to showcase Drew. You know, Drew didn't get the win, but it doesn't matter. It was it, – it, it showed that it's not just about the chops. It's not just about the moves. It's about what happens in between. And I think you have to, you have to look to certain matches for that. And I think triple threats are a good example of that when, when executed correctly. Yeah. yeah. Big time. Yeah. It's a good pairing. You have these three powerhouses and when was a uh, clash? Was that 2023 or 2022? It was 2022. So that alone, you know, like I'm sure that was in a list. Might have been on one of ours. Who knows? But um, yeah, just putting yeah. these three together and McIntyre with his his fire and his background, it was it was a great match. I feel like yeah, the story kind of came together perfectly. How how McIntyre and Sheamus had a thing, and then Gunther and Sheamus had a thing, and then McIntyre's kind of getting in there, and Sheamus is getting jealous about it. Um, I think it came together very well, and these three guys really really meshed. Big European dudes. Meet, yeah, on. exactly, and Meet they're putting forever. European wrestling on the showcase, yeah. Good, good add a little bit of international. I mean, mania is supposed to be global, I think it added a little bit of a global element to the to the night's proceedings. Big, you know, what's crazy is uh, uh, I don't think I mean, you know, there's there's I guess you know, there's a history of European wrestlers in WWE, but I think in the in the near future, there's gonna be a lot more. European wrestlers just because the whole NXT UK um, thing and how it, how it kind of collapsed and everybody's in NXT like once they once all those guys kind of go up to the main roster there's gonna be a lot of a lot of uh, European uh, wrestlers in the main roster. Influx. Influx. That's what. It, yeah. Exactly. European talent. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Any other matches you guys want to throw out there? Uh, honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, Priest and Bad Bunny for sure. We, we yeah, yeah, those bad two guys tore bad. down. I still think that should have been invented. But then, you know, Brock Cody was really good that night too. The crowd, I, I, ah. I, I'll say it. Sometimes the crowds make the events and that, that, Puerto Rican crowd was fire. They were that Puerto Rican crowd was good. They did not let up for any every. I mean, even Zelina, even Zelina Rhea Ripley was really good that night. Yeah, backlash in general, great pay per view. Great Rollins and almost there was no build for that, and the crowd was into it. Great way to kick off. I believe that was the opener. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, open strong and ah, that was yeah, it was special. That's the and in 2023, uh, I don't I don't know the number. I heard the number. But like they had, I think half the pay per views were international. Like they they had Money in the Bank was in the UK. They had uh, this backlash was in Puerto Rico. The Saudi like, pay per views. Yeah, there's like one or two other ones as well. Yeah, Chambers in Australia. 
Yeah. This coming year, yes. Something's yeah. in France or Paris, right? Yeah, they're having it in France and they're having uh they're also having a, a Germany one, a Germany show. Yeah, some something like Ber- Berlin Bash or something. The Bash in Berlin. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. Let's do it. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. I, like I, I do I do like the international shows. I'm glad yeah. they're not having the elimination chamber in Germany. That might be a little too uh <laughs> you know what's crazy. I don't know if you know this fact. But in Germany, they uh, you can't use the word chamber. Yeah, they, so they, they call, it they call no them escape. They, no escape, which that doesn't sound great either. I'll be honest. <laughs> that doesn't. Yeah, that's worse, dude. Like, <laughs> no escape. You will not escape. <laughs> not escape this. Hey, well, Damien, I'm Bad Bunny, and I'm saying you will not escape Puerto Rico. <laughs> I am the host of Backlash. I am not the host of Escape. I am no escape. I am no escape. Oh man, hell yeah! And you know, Bad Bunny went from the Met. Gala. He was two weeks removed from the Met Gala. This guy, this guy's at the Met Gala, and then he's wrestling in Puerto Rico. Like that, he's 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 bringing eyes to the product. The kids love it. You know, the kids are all over. I yeah. was at uh, some. It was a while back. It was actually during the time frame of this match. I was at some friends' houses, and uh, just to you know, just to see, just to see what would happen. Uh, I started talking to my wife loudly about Bad Bunny wrestling to, to in front of non-wrestling fans. And one person was like, what, Bad Bunny's wrestling? And, like, it was pretty funny. And that's, there you go. That's I definitely have had a few people who know I like wrestling and they don't like it. They're like, hey, and they'll send me some, like, Bad Bunny clip or, um, <laughs> oh, the Snoop Dogg taking the people. That seemed to make the rounds with the casual fans as well. Yeah, big time. Oh yeah! Oh, and everyone's saying that the Rock is, but everybody seems to be so excited about that too. Ooh. All the casuals are coming out, you know, big oh. time. One of my coworkers who like does not watch wrestling whatsoever was like, "Yo, you heard the Rock's back?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. Where, man? I love it when non wrestling fans are asking, "Oh, did you about this?" But like, <laughs> yeah, I heard about that three weeks ago. Shut the I, was say, <laughs> I read about this three weeks. They mean well. They're trying to be supportive. No, I know. Like, um, I have a buddy who always sends me all these clips, and I'm like. Thank you. I know I I watch all this stuff, but thanks. Seen this. Yeah, they mean well. They do. Critique's right. We should yes. be nice in 2020. I, I, I don't I don't get mad at them. I just I think it to myself internally. <laughs> yes. Oh, I still have me. the conversation. <laughs> Gladly and willing. So hell yeah. On that note, you guys, uh uh it's been super fun uh talking about 2023. Yeah, this is great. Uh, here's to a great 2024 uh, to wrestling fans, whether past, present, future, whether you're a new fan or a casual fan or whatever. Just yeah, just enjoy enjoy the wrestling product. That's there's there's literally there's like five to six hours of wrestling like every other day, basically. Like you can't. Get and that's more. just mainstream wrestling. If you yeah, I'm talking about everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there's even more. There's even more. There's so much. There's, a lot there's more than I can keep up with sometimes. Exactly, and you have. The, yeah. It spills over to like I'm watching it throughout the week now because I can watch it all over. And sometimes, like literally, there'll be a weekend. Be AEW pay per view, MLW, GCW will have like two or three shows. Two special know, events. WWE, yeah. SmackDown, mm-hmm. all these different, you know, Impact or TNA or whatever. All these. It's fun though. I love it. I love it. A lot of choices oh, out yeah. there. So support wrestling, buy merch from your favorite wrestlers and companies. Yeah, support, support, support. Support, support, support. Keep it moving. You guys want to plug your social medias? 
Yeah, you can find me at Pratik Comedy, P-R-A-T-E-E-K. You can also uh, find my link tree on my uh, Instagram bio. Uh, yeah, I got some shows coming up uh, in Tampa and Orlando at the end of the month. Uh, if you're out there, I have some other dates coming up as well. Uh, at Pratik Comedy, you can find all my info and support this podcast. Support these two guys, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Lord Xavier. Find me on Twitter at Xavier Venom. My link tree has everything you may need. Smash it. Hell yeah, you can find me across the board at Funky Sam Medina. I ain't got shit coming up, but you know, I'll announce stuff. So follow me on Instagram or whatever you want to do, and I'll have fun stuff. Hell yeah. Boom. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Hell yeah. Cheers 2024. They don't see me waving, but I'm <laughs>